Hi, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Ashley, and I'll be chatting about something. So stay tuned. Okay, great. Um, so I've got some initial starter questions, which I just kind of want to see where you're at with your food in terms of what you prefer. Sushi or dim sum? Oh, you're torturing me already. I know. I knew it would. <laughs> oh, okay. Sushi. Pasta or pizza? Oh, God. Um, pasta. Okay. If you could for the rest of your life, or you could only have, like, brunch for the rest of your life, and brunch is limited to, like, avocado toast, you know, that kind of stuff, which one would you choose? Oh, sushi. Okay, cool. Um, what's your drink of choice? That's anything. Like, it can be hot, cold, alcoholic, non-alcoholic. Alcohol. What are we going for? <laughs> which which alcoholic drink are we going for? I feel like after 2022 after 2020 I'll take anything as long as it's alcoholic okay. give it to me. <laughs> I think that's fair um okay so this question I asked Wada the same question and she came up with melon but the question is if what would if you were going to be stranded on an island and you were supposed to have your last meal before you go on the island what would be your meal? It can have starters, mains, drinks, desserts. What is it going to be? Ooh, so it's all the foods or the drinks or just the food? Everything. Whatever you oh. want. It's like a big feast. Big feast. Oh, my God. This would be a never-ending feast. I want to eat until I die then. <laughs> okay, so maybe I'll limit it to like one starter, one main. Oh, <laughs> okay. Let me have a think. If I go for a starter... I mean, I have mm-hmm. to admit, I really like a good burrata. So I probably would love to have some burrata with some cherry tomatoes on the side and a bit of parma ham. Like, oh, you're making me like, hungry. You know what? You know exactly what I'm talking about. It just gets you yeah. salivating from the moment you see it, and you're like, "Oh, this cheese is going to be life changing." So I feel like that would be the start. Yeah. To just start the mood, and then. I think I just love sashimi so much that I would probably want sashimi, even though there is no flow going from Italian into uh, That's okay, Japanese. Yeah. But at this rate, I'll take it. Uh, I'm going to be stranded. So I'll go for some sashimi. Um, and for dessert, I used to be a big dessert person, but I feel like as I get older, my sweet tooth is kind of just disappearing. So I feel like I want something refreshing, maybe something lemon based that's that's got a bit of sourness to it but i'm open to anything like a little tart yeah exactly like a little lemon tart or something like that something or like a japanese cheesecake you know what screw it let's change it we'll go for a fluffy (laughs) like a fluffy cheesecake no i love that yeah Um, oh now i'm hungry yeah I, i think that would be it no that's a good choice i'm happy with that i would i would join you yeah, no, that's good. And also, you travel quite a lot. So have you ever traveled somewhere just for the food? Like, or, have, you know, is there any place that you kind of were like, oh, I'm going to go there, but mainly because of the food? Oh, I think there's many places I've done that for. Um, admittedly, this might be a bit shocking, but even Japan itself, like when you first go to Japan, the first time it's so charming, it's so different. It's got a lot of history and there's nothing to take away from that. But I think after a while, I keep wanting to go back to Japan for the food because I love the cuisine so much. Um, I keep going back to Tokyo because of sushi, because of the sashimi. I keep wanting to go to Hokkaido because of the fresh fish that they have and they provide there. Um, Vietnam, I love going there for 
the beef brisket pho, the way they make it there is just unlike anywhere else. Um, Indonesia, my God. Um, I don't know how many times I go to... Actually, every time I go to Indonesia, every single day, one of my meals will be nasi goreng or uh, mie goreng, which is like the noodle or the fried rice. Every single day. One of those two will be one of my main dishes. And what's in the noodle? It's just with like chicken and like veggies. And it's, it, it looks so delicious. And it's, it, I'm, I'm sure it's not the healthiest meal that I'm going to get because it's deep fried uh-huh. and like frying stuff, lots of oil. But it's just, it's so delicious. And the spices and the sambal on the side and the chili that comes on the side is just so yummy that I can't resist it. Um, it's same with the fried rice. Like it's the, almost the same thing, but instead of it being with the noodles, it's with the fried rice. And I think between the two, I tend to lean towards the nasi goreng just because I love rice so much. Um, oh well, that sounds delicious. And that mean that I feel like that means you've gone to a lot of places just for the yep. food. Which I've lost great. track at this uh. point. <laughs> and then the next one I had was your top five restaurants. I was gonna go worldwide but i think we'll go london your top actually let's go top three london oh god um oh my god i miss london i feel like i haven't been there for so long that i don't even remember (laughs) okay it depends on the occasion the people you go with the budget that you want to spend and everything but there are some experiences in london that are just so good and it's so worth it um so there is this restaurant called celeste in lanesborough hotel um, it's super pretty. Mm-hmm. It is a bit fancy, but it's not very expensive. Like it's not something that you're going to be bleeding money with. Um, but the quality of the food and the ambiance that they provide and the experience that they give you uh, and the service just complements it so beautifully. So it's one of the best experiences I have every time I go there. So, And what kind of food do they do? It's European food. Um, so it's oh, nice. European okay. food, but it's delicious. And actually, it's one of the places where I love the desserts. Um, I think the pastry chef and the dessert chef is incredible. Every time uh, he he comes up with new dishes and every single time it's top notch. Um, so that would be one of my restaurants. Um, there is uh, Four Seasons Chinese food. I know it sounds surprising when you think about London. I mean, I'm living in Asia, but then I'm talking about a Ch- Chinese restaurant in London. But yeah. Four Seasons in Chinatown, hands down one of the greatest uh ducks i will ever have anywhere in the world and the reason behind it is the duck the restaurant is very authentic it's uh from hong kong people's full-on cantonese cuisine and it's the recipe exactly how they would make it uh, in asia the reason i feel like it's better is because the duck is fattier in europe so the ducks in asia tend to be leaner so they're less fatty But the ones in London, Mm -hmm. they're so fatty and juicy that you just take a bite and you're like, oh, I could just eat this day after day after day. So Four Seasons, Chinatown, delicious. Um, And then I guess for the third one, I'll go for, ooh, Araki. It's a Japanese restaurant. Uh, Araki or I think it's called, oh God, I don't remember the sushi restaurant. But let's go with Araki. Yeah, I think for the third one, it's Araki, okay. just because the sashimi uh, is incredible. The way the chef presents it, the way he cuts it, the quality of the food is incredible. Um, it's just very expensive. <laughs> so it's a bit sad every time okay. afterwards that I look at my bank account. I'm like, okay, so that did a lot of damage. I know. I feel like when 
for good food you feel like it's so worth it and then you're kind of like oh my god it's just gone yeah I think that's the thing I when I look at good food I kind of forget about the price in some aspects I mean yes there is always Mm -hmm. be an element that you want to think about financially but when the food is worth it and the experience is worth it uh, whether that be the chef the ambience the people you go with and the memories that you're creating in that moment I don't know. I can't put a value on it. For me, I'm like, these are the memories that I want to be looking back on and think about. Um, And I feel like we live to eat. It's like one of the reasons we're living. I'm like, I might as well just enjoy my life. You know, I have one life. I agree with you completely. Enjoy with people, enjoy with good food. Do you know what's quite sad? That um, a lot of restaurants are now having to close because of COVID and that whole situation. And one of my favorite restaurants of all time is The House, and it's in San Francisco. And they've been open for like 30, 40 years, whatever. Such good food. And I just found out that they're having to close. And it's like, oh, my God, it's so sad. Like, I'm never going to get that food again. It's like annoying. It is depressing. It's it's a sad situation, especially there's so many restaurants in the world that you have such fond memories of because of the food and the memories that you've had. Uh, and in this environment when they're having to shut down it just it's a bit of a sad reality check um and remembering yeah. the world that we're operating in and how we got to appreciate the i guess the fortunate moments that we still have exactly so it's yeah. a reminder um so you're currently in singapore yes. right you're currently working and how's that because they're dealing with corona quite well aren't they so i feel like you from your insta you're living quite a normal pretty life. much i mean i sh- i really am i'm fortunate and lucky to be in singapore at, during this period uh, i'm very grateful for it because yeah. singapore has been quite good at managing the outbreak i mean initially we did have some issues as well same as every other country and we went into a very strict lockdown I think the good thing about the culture and the people has been that they rally behind the cause that the government wants them to. So the importance was highlighted by the Ministry of Health and the government. And they told Mm -hmm. people step by step what was going to happen and what is going to be required of every single citizen in the country, in this island nation to overcome this. And because people rallied behind that cause and they knew what they had to do, they were willing to take on the short term suffering and I won't say suffering as if it was the end of the world, but, you know, taking away your freedoms, having to stay at home all the time, ensuring that you're not putting yourself at risk, other people at risk, adhering to social distancing, all of those sort of uh, restrictions that were put in place. But it yielded results because then the country's been able to reopen and we're living a pretty normal life. Honestly, I'm very lucky that I can still go to restaurants. Most places are open. Yes, it's smaller groups. Yes, it's reduced capacities. Yes, it's difficult mm-hmm. to get bookings, etc. But we have the option. And I think that's better than most other places yeah. in the world. Um, and it, it's been an experience. I mean, I've been in Singapore many times before, but this time living before coronavirus and during it and now after, um, you can see the difference. You can t- truly sense the difference. Um but it's it's an interesting place, so very lucky. So I should really shouldn't complain. It can be boring. I'm going to be transparent. It is a small yeah. country. Uh, <laughs> it is a small place, and especially since you cannot travel to any of the regional countries or islands, etc. Um, you're bound to the same places, um, but 
we're living a pretty normal life. So the cup is definitely more than half full. Nice. Yeah. And I feel like when I visited and I've got a few friends from there, they're very sensible people. They're not, not, I don't want to use the word stupid, but they're very, they're not, they're like so sensible. They're very um, with it. They understand and they'll, they're not just like, oh, rules are there to be broken. They get the reason for why things need to happen. And that's why you guys are in the situation that you are now. I think that people uh, culturally, maybe it's just the wider Asian community mm-hmm. and maybe the fact that they've had to face previous uh, endemics, I guess, or as previous flu outbreaks that has occurred on this side of the world. So they learned from it and the people knew their repercussions. Yeah, they're, so they're more aware of it. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a sense of yeah. duty to rally and be sensible and act sensibly. And there's also a sense of protection for themselves out of fear of the repercussions because they've experienced this previously. So as a result, you've got all of these factors influencing the people to actually follow guidelines, listen to the science, adhere to the rules putting in place and respecting them as much as they can. I'm not going to say it's 100% because it definitely isn't. No, I don't think anywhere in the world is going to be 100%, but they're sensible enough without a question um, as opposed to a lot of other countries, I guess. Nice. Yeah, well, that's good to hear. Um, so this, when I thought about this question, I was like, I, ha- I remember you used to dance quite a lot at UCL. Do you still dance? Oh, is that still I wish, a thing? I think uh, this is probably one of the saddest moments of a reality check for myself having to say this out loud. But honestly, I feel corporate life has taken over to a lot of extent. And it took up so much of my time that... And, I've, and I'm a bit of a workaholic. So, so admittedly, it's a double-edged sword that I feed myself into. And I put myself in those sort of situations. But um, it just took over my life to such an extent that I've completely forgotten about dance. I haven't had the time for it. Um, but I guess it's also a choice. I don't make time mm-hmm. for it. But recently, I'm trying to get back into fitness. Uh, so doing more of exercises, gyms on a daily basis. And hopefully finding a better balance um, to start dancing again. Because the dance studios were closed here because of coronavirus, but they've recently reopened. So you could actually go to dance classes. Um, and I have been thinking about finding a right balance, even if it's once a week on a Saturday or a Sunday, just to go for like an hour of social dance um, yeah. and just take a class here and there. Because it would be fun. I, I do miss it. I cannot lie. I miss it a lot. I still watch a lot of dance videos on YouTube and I could spend hours doing that. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like you were so passionate about dance, so that'll be quite nice for you yeah, to get back no into that. Yeah, no question about that one, definitely. I miss it. From looking at my analytics as they stand right now of the podcast, the majority of listeners Ooh. are male. And your skincare, well, I want to know your skincare because your skin is pretty nice. I feel like you have good skin. And I think it'd be good for the guys to know how you Ooh. keep your skin so nice. <laughs> okay. This is gonna be okay. I don't. I do have some skincare routines, but I'll be honest. I'm not one of those who does uh, so many things every single night. I try to, um, and it is. I'm trying to make it a habit and a routine to do it at least four or five times. Um, but the one thing that I do every morning and every night is I do wash my face, even if it's just with cold plain water. I do wash my face. Now I do use a facial cleanser. It's from Biotherm. Um, mm-hmm. I order it online. It comes in delivery, so it's easy and convenient. It's nothing crazy fancy, and it's nothing um, special, I guess. But I have sensitive skin, 
So I, I yeah. tried many different products mm-hmm. and I had to find one that worked for my skin. Um, a lot of the brands that people think I've tried the, from the cheap ones to the very expensive ones. Honestly, I don't think the price made a difference for my skin. It was finding a product that was for sensitive skin that was suitable for me. And the Biofilm cleansers worked for me. So I've been using the cleanser, but I don't use any toners. Um, and I basically wash my face with my cleanser in the mornings and at night before I sleep or after I wake up. And I do moisturize. And that is the mm-hmm. one thing that I've learned I had to do. Um, I do need to moisturize. I have fairly dry skin and my skin needs it. Now, admittedly, Singapore is more humid, so it's not as dry as London. Um, but getting myself right. into moisturizing in a humid climate forces me to do it whenever I travel anywhere else. Because everywhere else, my skin feels drier all of a sudden. So then I'm like, okay, moisturizer. I have to do it. I have to do it. And again, I use just a biotherm moisturizer um, or a Neutrogena one recently. You can get it in any of the supermarkets. It's just a water gel. It's a water-based gel. And I just use that one. I put it on my skin. Um, so yeah, that's my skincare routine. Nice. The only other thing other than that is oh, I try to mask. Nice. I use one of the Korean masks once a week if I have time or twice a week if I can. Yeah, it's I fun. love a mask. Even if it doesn't do anything, it makes you feel exactly. better I, about I yourself. I think it's more the benefit of the fact that you put it on your skin, you think it's going to work, and it gives you like 20 minutes just to yes. calm down and <laughs> just relax. And I think that yeah. relaxation translates to benefits for your skin. Exactly. And I'm the same in terms, my skin's quite sensitive. And again, with the face washes and cleansers, I tried quite a few. And then finally, I I now use them from the company fresh and it's like a soy um cleanser it's so so good now i just buy loads of it and that's what i swear by and then moisturizing i used to be awful at moisturizing but now i use again a gel based one so it's not oily and it kind of just moisturizes so well um but it feels good once you've kind of got your you found the ones that you love the the couple of items that work for your skin actually but, no, the soy based one from fresh that you're talking about i do use that one sometimes as well it's just the one that i have in the house so whenever i run out of my biotherm it's always because the only other brand that i tried that worked really well for my skin so so it's really good yes. and it's it's natural it's, so good. it's healthy and you know it has less chemical and i try to choose the products that have less heavy heavy chemicals i'm sure they all have some form of chemicals but at least the fresh one just feels a bit more natural it feels clean it exactly. feels clean you exactly. feel mm-hmm. and it's got it's not really fragranced yeah. either so i love that um nice nice okay so this is a good one have you ever had a fashion nightmare like what has been you thought it was a good idea at the time and now you look back and you're kind of like oh i, I wish think that's I most of that. my outfits <laughs> <laughs> That is most of my outfits. That's not true. Interesting. I think the fashion sense over the last few years has changed, especially in men's fashion. It just keeps changing, Um, and I don't think I change with it. I keep a very plain, simple style. (laughs) I like plain colors, plain designs most of the time, and I tend to wear a lot more Italian. So. I'm a bit old school Italian in that sense that I like my shirts. I like my pants. I like them to be well fitted. And I feel like as the fashion has evolved nowadays, it's all about those colors and patterns and images and collaborations between different brands. Uh, 
and they're all like different sizes. You see those big baggy shirts or t-shirts that people wear or the big jack puffy jackets that the Koreans wear. And I feel like I'm so out of fashion sense with them. Um, so I don't know. I feel like that's how I feel most of the time because my clothing tends to be simple and boring. No, it's not um, true. I think if I had to choose well. one single outfit, it was <laughs> definitely a nightmare. It would probably be my um, stitch onesie for Halloween. But I don't care. I loved it. It looked so cute. It was fun <laughs> night. It was just for one night. It um, was cute. But it was cute. Yeah, it was cute. Oh, so I've got a like an I would call it like a fashion nightmare in terms of an outfit I wore. I'll give you the backstory. So I was in Vegas um, with a few friends, and you know sometimes when you've got an outfit in your mind for the day. And you kind of set on it. So you know that that's what you want to wear for the day. And that's it. So I wore this dress. And it wasn't a disaster in how it looked. It was a cute dress. But it was a disaster in what happened. So I had done my makeup and hair. And we were ready to go out for the day. I put on the dress because I was so excited to wear it. And then my boyfriend at the time was like, hey, Ash. Like, he was walking in the room or whatever. And he's like, hey, Ash, is that supposed to be then? I was like, what do you mean? I turn around and there's this big <laughs> slit where my butt is. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. And I'd never worn this dress before. It's brand new. And I have a tiny butt, so it was not that I'd, you know, <laughs> broken the dress. <laughs> so um, I was like, oh, my God, how mortifying. And thankfully, he noticed it in the room. Um, but at the same time, I didn't want to wear anything else because I still wanted to wear this. So I called up concierge and I was like can I have like a sewing kit everyone was waiting for us downstairs I quickly did a little stitch in it and then put it on and then went out and it was fine for the day but I was like oh my god how embarrassing can you imagine well, if anybody I, I else have a very similar experience actually you just reminded me I think it was a few years I think it was three years ago at Christmas it was the first year I had started working in my current job uh, at GSK and we had a Christmas party for the entire function so imagine like there's over a thousand employees in our team who's at this function. And it was a, a black tie event. So everybody had wore tuxedos with bow ties, at least the men anyway. And the ladies were in like gowns and dresses. Everybody looked beautiful. The men were handsome. The women looked beautiful and stunning. And I have this dance floor. After dinner, they open a dance floor and everybody is up there dancing. And then you're going to laugh. But a Bangra song comes up and it, all the people start to dance to Bangra music. And I was like, oh, you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. going to get down with this. I did a Bangra dance when I was in UCL. And as I'm doing it, all of a sudden, I do one move. And the next thing I know, I hear a sound that sounds like something got ripped. And the next thing I realize is my entire crotch has completely ripped open. Oh, no. <laughs> and for the rest of the night, I had to just make sure I'm holding my own behind closed thankfully it was black pants and my underwear was black so but the entire night i had to just walk around holding it all together until i went home well that's a tip in itself isn't it wear the same color pants exactly. that your Thank outfit God. is and then you're fine white or like red or something that was like contrasting with the black it oh my been god so that would have been awful the time <laughs> <laughs> oh good times um but yeah no thankfully i haven't had many of those that was the one i could think of but not again um well that was mainly it the only question i was gonna end on was what's Ooh. your order at McDonald's? oh this is oh this is a routine nowadays and you're gonna judge me and please uh, like bear in mind 
These are like my 2 a.m. No, I won't. 2 a.m. orders, judge. but um, they're in Singapore at least. I, and I think it's an it's a limited edition one that's come here. They have these Wagyu beef burgers nowadays. Um, so I ordered a Wagyu beef, mm-hmm. uh, the Samurai burger. I ordered a mac chicken. I ordered six nuggets. One... Oh, yeah. This Wait, is, is this all for you? Midnight snack. Okay. Um, six nuggets, <laughs> the French fries, and I ordered jasmine green tea to make myself feel better, even though I know it's full of sugar. <laughs> so that is my McDonald's <laughs> order. And I swear this is a 2 a.m. order that has been repeated for the last three to four months, almost once a week, or if not more. Well, so for those of you that don't know what Pedram look, looks like, he's ripped <laughs> and it doesn't look like he eats this on a regular basis. I mean, I do go and exercise <laughs> to make up for it. So, so I'm not advocating for people <laughs> yeah. to be overeating McDonald's, but, but finding a right balance. But I can't help it. It's just so nice and good. And it's my guilty pleasure, I guess. Yeah, I know what you mean. See, I don't do the workout bit, but I love, oh. I'm a fan of the breakfast. And I've been like that since I was a kid. Like, oh, a little bit of breakfast. And then yeah. in America, they do it 24-7. Oh, the Mac chicken, so the Mac muffins that they get. Oh, like, yeah. oh, with the sausage and the egg. Yes. Oh. oh, the breakfast muffins. Yes. The sausage. I feel you, girl. I feel so you. So good. Yeah, so good. Um, But that was all. So thank you so much for oh, joining. Too. I really enjoyed so this fun. session. It was quite fun. Oh, this was really, really fun. It's nice to actually hear your oh, voice. Great. I was like, it's been so long since I've seen your face, since we've been able to actually fly and meet with people. This was actually really nice. I know. Well, hopefully we see each other soon. And stay safe and have a really you good too. day. You too. Looking forward to it. Speak soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or topics you want me to chat about, um, please email in at ashythepod, that is A-S-H-I, the pod, at gmail.com. Ciao.